Hello and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about the mesh hat or the wobble. Welcome to our <laughs> latest episode. We're going to explain both those terms. It's going to be very exciting. I am Nancy. I am your basketball enthusiast. Back to being... Am I enthusiastic about basketball right now? I'm at least skeptically enthusiastic about basketball right now. <laughs> uh, and I am joined by... I'm Rachel. I'm your... Uh... Still your baseball guru. I'm just trying to think of a good adjective and all words flew out of my head at once. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mostly just skeptical and less enthusiastic. <laughs> That's valid. That's valid. And yeah, we also I'm have... Rebecca. I, I'm your hockey person. Skeptical, hesitant, frustrated, <laughs> pick an adjective. So this is going to be the therapy sports episode. Sports are stupid. Feeling. And we're also joined by a special guest this time. Uh, We have our very own Mandy, who is joining us to be our... What what do you want your title to be here, Mandy? Soccer... Soccer super fan? (laughs) I will go soccer super fan. I like it. It's got the alliteration. Yes. That's terrific. Terrific. All right. So here we are. Uh, It is... uh, what are we moving into the middle of July? It's the 11th. So, so we're, we're getting, we're a little ways in. Um, the fireworks are starting to give out in my neighborhood a little bit, at least. Um, they've just started and, a new in mine. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and we are here to give you all of the latest updates on our various sports. And we also have a few other things to talk about. So without further ado, I want to hand it over to Rachel because we, we have a new segment. Normally we have Rachel's unwritten rule of baseball, uh, but we've got a new little, uh, little segment for you today. So Rachel, take it away. Thanks. Yeah, we're still working on a name for this one. Um, any suggestions are welcome. Um, today I'm going to talk about the giant career of Rube Foster. Now, first of all, and I meant to say this last week and I didn't, I want to note that in this segment, you're going to hear some outdated terminology for black people, African-Americans, and possibly other people of color. Um, I'll only use these terms when giving the proper names of teams or leagues or quoting from historical documents at the time. I will, of course, omit any slurs should they come up. Um, if any of our listeners have suggestions for how I could discuss things more respectfully, um, I'll always listen to those, and you can email us. So, with that all the way, podcast at yes, gmail.com. thank you. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, when we celebrate uh, the 100 years of Black professional baseball, what exactly are we celebrating 100 years of? Now, you may have seen a flurry of tweets recently celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues. However, we saw last time that the first black pro baseball team, the Cuban Giants, dates back to 1885, which our math-oriented listeners may (laughs) have calculated is more than 100 years ago. Wait, what? (laughs) I counted on all my fingers. Yes, I used a calculator, and that (laughs) is actually accurate. Um, So the question becomes, what changed in 1920? Well, that's when a player and manager named Andrew Rube Foster got shit done. Ah, good for him. Okay. So something to note about Rube Foster's career, he only ever played for or managed the Giants, and yet he played for five separate teams. He began his career in 1902 with the Chicago Union Giants, 
though he moved to the Cuban X-Giants the very next season. Now, that's X as in the letter X, but the team was originally populated by former members of the 1885 Cuban Giants, meaning that those players were themselves X-Giants, this time with an EX. Uh, Following me so far? uh Okay. Sure. Buckle up, because we're just getting started. Yay! Back to Rube Foster, who spent a two-year stretch playing for the Philadelphia Giants. Legend has it, during that time, the manager for the the Major League's New York Giants hired Foster to teach his star pitcher the screwball pitch, but this is unconfirmed. What is confirmed is that Foster's Philadelphia Giants won the Black Baseball Championship in 1905 over their rivals, the Brooklyn Royal Giants. Okay, pause to breathe. Uh Uh-huh. In 1907, Foster left the Philadelphia Giants for the Leland Giants out of Chicago, who then tied for the championship with those same Philadelphia Giants. In 1909, (laughs) though, Foster broke his leg, and the Leland Giants lost the championship to the St. Paul... Giants? Giants. No, the the St. Paul Colored Gophers. But the very next year, Foster, while still continuing to pitch, took over managing the Leland Giants and moved them to the Chicago White Sox's former stadium, where they were renamed the Chicago American Giants, or just the American Giants. These Giants won the national championship. Yes? You can finish. I can can hold it till the end. Okay. Hold questions to the end. Okay. These Giants won the national championship for the next four consecutive years until they were dethroned in 1913 by the Lincoln Giants. By then, Foster's pitching career was starting to come to a close, but his managing career was flourishing. There was a significant interest in organizing a black professional baseball league in the late 19-teens, but personal conflicts between some of the managers prevented it. However, in 1920, Foster was instrumental in pulling together the Negro National League, which consisted of eight teams, only three of which were called Giants, but two of those three were in fact located in Chicago. So the moral of the story is that Rube Foster was cool and early baseball teams had astonishingly uncreative nomenclature. I will now be taking questions, Rebecca. (laughs) Okay, so it's about the names. I'm sure you're shocked. Um, Would it be, uh, would it be natural to guess that most of the people involved in the decision making for these leagues were men? Yes. Possibly exclusively. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and um, suggest that men don't get to name any sports teams for the next hundred years. (laughs) If all they can come up with is giants or, like, racist slurs. (laughs) This seems entirely reasonable. I think the podcast can get behind this. Yes. I'll second the motion. Don't think colored gophers was intended to be a slur. I think there was a team called the gophers. And then in oh, the parlance so of like the, the time, rainbow gophers. They, it was an all you know a, a this is like the right. sister and the lady to gophers. The, yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Well, fascinating. Thank yes. you, I, Rachel. I might, I might need to read that written out just to understand <laughs> how all the giant teams like fit together. Fair. I think I should probably post that to our blog, I think so you readers should. can take a second look at it. It's very interesting, but. Just trying to parse the different teams at the different times mm-hmm. became mm-hmm. somewhat difficult. I can't imagine why. <laughs> so, in the interest of full disclosure, moving on, moving on from the Giants and the Giants and the Giants and the Giants and also the Giants. And the other Giants, mm-hmm. yeah. And the other Giants. Mm-hmm. And the current uh, Giants. And the current Giants who are not oh, we'll involved. we'll come back to those. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, moving right along... Um, Rachel and I actually socially responsibly masked and at a distance of six feet saw each other today. We did. Um, We did. It was very nice. Uh, I know. 
know, it was good. Um, and one of the things that came up was that Rachel has been, had watched at least one game of Korean baseball. And there was a phrase that I think we need to adopt as the motto of 2020. And Rachel, <laughs> I want you to tell us the story of this Korean baseball game and this phrase and, and what it is and why it's so applicable. Now, are you referring to the Japanese roller coaster? I don't think so. Yes. Yes. Because those oh, were in the, our I same, yeah, our it was same a conversation coaster. from earlier. Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe so. One followed from the other. So I believe right. so. It's already There's been hours. Mean... How do you expect me to keep these apart in my brain? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, um... There's a, I actually believe it's not even a meme. It's a, a, a newspaper article going around news headline, making the headlines. Uh, Japan has opened some uh, theme parks and they're allowing people on roller coasters. Uh, but, you know, since it's been found that coronavirus is often spread through loud talking, singing, the projecting of the voice, they have asked their patrons to uh, keep their screams inside their hearts. <laughs> and it has been noted that this is possibly the motto that we've all adopted for 2020. Mm -hmm. Screaming in our hearts. Yes. See, in my mind, because we had had this conversation right after you were talking about watching Korean baseball, I had made this in my brain that this was about the fans at the game. That oh, they were also not supposed right, because to. Because that is, yes, that's uh, um, something that they're talking about through that. You want me to go ahead and get into that? Yeah, do it. Just go okay. for it. Okay, so Korean baseball has been going on for several weeks, if not months at this point. I and I just at this point. Yeah. yeah, and it's just me that I got finally got around to watching a game. Um, so I watched the uh, NC Dinos uh, play the Doosan Bears. Uh, this game was from uh, June 28th. So it's already been, you know, two weeks ago. It was my first time watching Korean baseball. Um, I... I don't know that it's been available in the States. I'm sure, you know, there are streams it. of it somewhere that you can find on the, the dark web. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're now putting the... <laughs> um, it's so like the games all good are, contraband. Yes. Um, on ESPN now, um, but they are at kind of odd hours. So, uh, I first get into it by talking about how it kind of compares to Major League Baseball. Um, you hear a lot of stuff from American announcers kind of comparing the, the Japanese and Korean leagues to the MLB and um, it's fewer games. The ballparks are slightly smaller. Hmm. So there's a, a kind of a, a thought that it's a lesser league. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that is a lot of American exceptionalism bleeding into it. Um, you know, it, it it is obviously desirable for international players to come to America to play baseball. Um, a lot of Japanese and Korean players uh, have that as their goals. And, you know, it's been seen in the past few years that they've been plenty successful over here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, watching it, I didn't see a whole lot of difference between major league American play. And because um, I've watched some college ball for us and, mm -hmm. you know, that's, of a noticeably lower level. Um, so it's, it's fairly comparable watching it. Um, yeah. you know, there were some home runs. There were, um, that should say to start off with that the, the dinos won five to zero against the bears. Uh, the dinos yeah, have been nice. on a, a tear recently. Um, I think they had just kind of 
slacked off a little bit right before this game, but this game, you know, had them right back in, in full form. Um, how it's different, the pace of the game is faster, which if you've watched American baseball, you might find it hard to imagine that there could be a slower paced game out there. Um, Indeed. Yes. Yes. And Uh I'd be interested to know that if, whether Korean baseball has slowed down in, you know, in kind of in time with American baseball, Um, because there are plenty of American players. I shouldn't say plenty. There are American players that play on the Korean baseball teams. Mm. Um, often players that, um, perhaps are, are considered a little bit past their prime in American baseball, but they're still really good. So they may be at the very top of the minor league circuit, mm. but, um, they're probably not, you know, in the American baseball, pro baseball, uh, system. If you get, you know, a few chances to show your stuff in the major leagues, but for whatever reason, you don't just like immediately take off. Sometimes mm. you get stuck at the top of that minor league system, you know, and mm. it's, it's not really a great place to be. So right. some American players, um, or other foreign born players who have, you know, uh, tried, so they, it's not like they've washed out of the MLB or the minor league system or anything. They're mm-hmm. still great, still at the top of their personal games. Um, but they find more chance to play in the Korean leagues. Um, so I was getting, so I'm still talking about how it's different. So better pace of the game and you will see bat flips, which aren't <gasps> spat upon in, uh, oh, the, the Asian leagues exciting. the way they are in the American leagues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, something also different calling the game, um, was a female correspondent and Olympic champion softball player named Jessica Mendoza. Oh. Um, and she's, yeah, she's not new to ESPN, but I have not heard her call a game before, possibly, um, for like the Olympic softball games I may have watched back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really neat to hear a woman call a baseball game. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've been talking a little bit about, um, foreign born players before. So there is actually a limit, um, that only three foreign born players per team, um, on their roster at any one time. Mm-hmm. And only two of those can be pitchers, hmm. which I think, you know, we talked a little bit last time about, you know, the, the culture of pitching in American mm-hmm. pro baseball and, you know, just kind of what a grinding machine that can be. So I think mm-hmm. there are a lot of pitchers, um, American or other, um, have been played in the American, uh, system that are like just below that, you know, status level of where they're not going to get a whole lot of playing time in a pitching in, in American pro ball, which I think I already said that anyway. Um, so there have obviously been some adaptations that they've made, um, mm-hmm. to try and keep things safe. Um, the field umps and some of the dugout stuff staff were wearing masks. Fortunately, mm. um, the players okay. themselves were not. And some of the, the, um, staff wearing the mask, the masks were, were not noticeably wearing them over their nose or wearing them under their mm. nose, which I think we've all gotten irritated at in real life at uh-huh. this point. Yeah. Um, so that was something I had a question about, but, um, the, the biggest thing that they're doing that the, the announcers talked about, um, if even one player tests positive throughout the entire league, the whole league shuts down for two weeks. Wow. Yes. They have not had to do that yet because no player has tested positive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it helps that they're in a culture that is, has been able to better keep things under control. And they didn't talk a Gosh, whole lot about, that like? <laughs> about other like outside, you know, whether they're the, the team, the players are allowed to, you know, I, I don't think they are, I didn't get the sense that they're as sequestered as the plans have been for American pro sports. Well, they probably don't need to be. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Because they're in, you know, <laughs> a, a society that actually that... <laughs> done something about this. Exactly. Well, and yes. they're in a country that like people care about other people mm. and understand what like collective health means. Yeah. And the <laughs> social pressure points toward taking care of other people rather than toward taking the care of yourself individualism. first. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so as of the time I was watching, um, the, there weren't still weren't any fans in the stadiums. Um, the the players were all not on the field; they were actually in the dugout. So that's not what the MLB is proposed as of right now, putting the extra players in the, in the stands. Hmm. Um, but they're talking about bringing fans back into the stadiums. Um, so they're talking about filling the stadiums up to about thirty percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, Interestingly, no outside food, which when I first heard that was like, well, you know, of course, no outside food. But Mm -hmm. then they went on to talk about and I learned that apparently it's a tradition in Korean baseball and as part of, you know, whereas we would get $10 hot dogs at the stadium, Korean fans actually bring in their own food and not just, you know, snacks. They bring in full spreads to share with uh, the fellow fans and even to share with their player, oh, wow. the players, which I thought was really interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, can so you even imagine that. that, you know, somebody no. bringing a full Thanksgiving dinner and like handing a drumstick to. <laughs> no, but I want to, I want <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Wouldn't that yeah. be great? Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So unfortunately, nachos that... <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, that's not going to be allowed this season. That's probably a good idea. <clears throat> Also, uh, no masked cheering is to be allowed. So no cheering, which is, I think, how Nancy got these mm-hmm. two conversations confused. Cause I think that the cheering went on to, to talk about the, the Japanese roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wait, yeah, so, so what do you mean? Did you say no mask cheering? Yes. They, well, they so kept calling with, it masked cheering. So even with masks, they're not allowed they're not to allowed cheer. There's no cheer. Yes. Right. Um, they're screaming in their that. hearts. Yeah. I would struggle with that at a game if something happened. Yeah. It's yeah. so ingrained I, I in you that, that yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'd be able to like stifle it. I would yeah. not be able to scream only within my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would do a lot of like startling and gasping and like grabbing yeah. the people near me. Yeah, you know? no, you, but you can't grab people near you because they've got to be six feet apart. So you can't reach the well, people near you. The people I came with, if they're like the people I live with, I can still grab them. I would yeah. assume that like you can sit in your little pod. I have a, a little bit of experience with this being on Ooh, the oh, stretcher yeah. crew. Yeah, because yeah. when, you, when you're on the stretcher crew, we sit right next to the team bench uh-huh. and you are furniture you aren't allowed to make a noise the players are allowed here but as a volunteer on the stretcher crew you got to stay quiet why and is that because you're supposed to be neutral because you're right by the team Uh and you could throw the team off if you're too loud or make comments you're just supposed to stay quiet which 
is kind but of how hard. else? Yeah, how, how hard is your coach supposed to know what you know and are imparting your, your wisdom? <laughs> well, what we did, coach. obviously we didn't have social distancing as a stretcher crew. The four of us sat right by each other. Um, but like when we wanted to celebrate a goal last year, we would just grab hands and squeeze our hands oh. like, <laughs> below the soccer wall so it didn't end up on tv or anything and like our faces stayed that's so we got excited but that's as much as we were allowed so So you were screaming in your heart before it was i was (laughs) screaming in my heart before it was cool (laughs) (laughs) that's the title of this episode (laughs) (laughs) oh bless that's okay so that's impressive because because yeah i feel like there is a, especially if you've been a sports fan for a while and you've attended a lot of public matches, which you have, that that becomes such an instinctive response, yeah. right? They do, you know, something goes well and you cheer, something goes poorly and you're, you know, right? But like, well, but I like, spent my first five, four or five years of soccer in the supporter section. So mm-hmm. it was not just screaming at the goals we were chanting and singing the whole time so now right. me and the four other people i'm sitting with all came from the supporter section oh. we know all the chants oh. and we can't sing along with them so it, it was a challenge but oh yeah, that's we, tough. we got to hear what the players were saying and that was cool oh that, that, that would enjoy cool yeah 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 all right I'm so close notes. to the bench in hockey, but I've never been able to actually hear what the players are saying. Mm. Well, in hockey, I'm sure it's mostly four-letter words. <laughs> <laughs> or I assume. I suppose that's doing hockey players a disservice to assume Only that. some of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one big thing, the mass cheering. Um, and something else that I thought was... Uh, uh, almost inconceivable for American fans, immediate on-site testing for fans. So if wow. you feel a cough coming on, if you feel like you're getting feverish, there's a whole facility for you that they'll, they'll take you to and get you tested. That's wow. wild. Yeah. God, yeah. you can't even go to like health centers and get tested. Nope. I bet it's free too. Oh, I'm sure. Well, of course it is. Yeah. Because I want to encourage people to get it. Yeah. So I have to say, like, I'm hitting a point. I just realized the other day, like, I, you know, I'm born and raised in America, but I've lived abroad and I've traveled abroad a fair amount. And, like, I've always known that, like, America does things in some poorly conceived ways at times. And, and, you know, I've had my share of feelings about that. But I realized the other day that I am developing a serious, like, jealousy slash bitterness toward these other countries that have their shit together. (laughs) And like, talking to my Canadian friend who's like, oh, yeah, I went and got my hair done the other day and like got a massage. And I'm like, on some level, I'm happy for you. (laughs) On all the rest of the levels... (laughs) I just am so, like full of rage. I yeah, I haven't experienced the jealousy of it, but it mm-hmm. makes me furious at yeah. how we've handled things and how our government has absolutely just fucked everything up. Yep. Hey, so Andy, I should have warned you. This should this be is the also regular a socialism pod. Yeah, I was just going to do that. This should I be the regular listen to reminder. An- an episode and and i was aware of that and i actually (laughs) rebecca i have had so much rage i've had to like hold myself back several times Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just i like people Mm -hmm. not 
like I'm like I can't punch you, but I really would like to. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the 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 punchy, the punchy desire is strong right now. Mm-hmm. Very, and yeah, and it's just you know, like I'm not I'm not generally a jealous person. Like that's not where my emotions tend to go, mm-hmm. right? Like, but I yeah, I can feel it where I'm just like, man, you guys have it. So good, so good being functional. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Imagine that. I can't. I can't. Imagine I a functional federal be. government. Oh, and other dreams. Okay, back to Korean baseball. Thank you for that uh, side <laughs> journey. Speaking there. of, oh, yeah. speaking of, where even was I? Uh, fans not <clears throat> getting to bring all their food. Oh, free on-site testing. That was what derailed us. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah. Looking at my notes. Oh, uh, <laughs> still thinking about it. Um, one cool thing was the uh, pitcher for. So I believe both of the starting pitchers were foreign-born players, and I unfortunately I don't didn't write down the name of the the Doosan Bears pitcher. But for the NC Dinos, I was pleased to see a pitcher named Drew Brusinski, who uh, played for several teams, but he played for the Miami Marlins briefly. Oh, so it was so good nice. to see him again, and to see that his you know he's in a position where he's getting to start and play a bunch. That was pretty cool. And he pitched really well. Nice. Good for him. Good um, job, Drew. Yeah. And my notes are not as comprehensive as I thought they were. Um, they, uh, the, the announcers interviewed a, a player named um, Jose Fernandez, who's a, a former American player, uh, not American born, I don't believe, but, um, that was a little weird for me because the, the player from the Marlins who died suddenly was named, also named Jose yeah, I was Fernandez. Say, I thought I recognized that yeah. name. And, um, sometimes they would refer to him as Jose Miguel Fernandez and that helped, but it was just mm-hmm. like, I got that weird, like stomach clenchy thing every time they said his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really interesting to hear from him. Um, the, really the only thing I was disappointed with in the game was the, uh, Lack of an appearance by Swole Daddy. You remember Swole oh, Daddy? God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Rebecca does. <laughs> the best mascot with the worst name. <sighs> so, refresh yeah, our mascot, memory. Yeah, for the NC dinos. He's, uh looks like a, a herbivorous dinosaur, maybe mm-hmm. in the uh, uh, Brontosaurus family. Mm-hmm. Um, who's... Uh, great mascot but he is uh they've seen to fit to give him human musculature Ooh. and name him swole daddy oh. uh, which really is unfortunate because otherwise he's an excellent mascot Bless. but yeah he didn't make an appearance there uh neither mascot did which was hmm. kind oh, of unfortunate shucks. yeah <laughs> so rachel watching this game mm-hmm. did it feel like I hesitate to use the word real because that's a little pejorative in this context, but it did it feel like baseball to you? Did you feel like I am watching? It did. Okay. It did. Kind of the odd thing was, and I can understand why the announcers did this because of the timing of the game. I'm sure if I had watched a, an earlier a game earlier in the Korean season, mm-hmm. um, but the announcers who were both American were talking quite a lot uh, about American baseball, mm. what was happening, who was coming back, you mm-hmm. know, this was uh, end of June, so they'd made the plan to come back, so they were already talking about rumors as to, you know, who 
who had been training and who was looking good. And mm-hmm. so that I found a little bit um, kind of took me out of things because I was like, I want to hear about these players. I want right. to hear. And there was certainly some of that. It wasn't exclusively about American baseball. Right. Um, but that kind of took me out of it a little bit and reminded me, oh, yeah, this is, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not quite what I'm used to. But other than that, yeah, it felt, you know, that's awesome. felt pretty real. That's awesome. Um, I didn't even necessarily miss the crowd cheering because I, Nancy and I had, had talked about for the, um, soccer game we'd watched, we're pretty Mm -hmm. sure that they were piping in Mm -hmm. canned cheering. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't notice it until, um, the, uh, the second half of the game. And I don't know if Mandy, if you know anything about the decision that was made there. Um, I, I know in soccer, half of them have gone with the fake cheers and half of them have not. Oh Yeah. So is it yeah. up to the individual teams? It, well, it's up to the league. So the MLS does not have it. It's silent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Premier League, you can choose. Some channels will have it with and some will have it without. The huh. NWSL have put the fake cheers on and I hated it at first. And now uh-huh. I can't decide which is weirder. Uh-huh. That's valid. I didn't, I honestly, like, I don't tend to process things very well through my ears anyway. So I didn't even notice that there was cheering. And if I had noticed, I don't think it would have occurred to me why there shouldn't be, you know, just didn't make those connections. Yeah, I didn't even notice it until the Mm -hmm. second half. And I kind of... Because they're not shooting it. When they shoot it, they they do so so that if you get the broad shots, it's only in the direction of the stands that have the big mm-hmm. banners in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then it, it kind of dawned on me, oh, yeah, there aren't fans. Where's this noise coming from? So mm-hmm. it was just kind of natural <laughs> at first. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, wait a minute, this can't be mm-hmm. you diegetic. Know, I I joked with Brittany about this. She's our football friend, Mm -hmm. um, but she's also the person I've sucked into hockey with me. We joked about this at the start of quarantine isolation that when hockey came back, they should take the, the crowd audio from some existing games and play it while a new game is playing. Mm -hmm. But like with no, like don't, don't make any comments about it so mm-hmm. that there's going to be weird random cheering when uh-huh. nothing on the ice is happening and then dead silence when there's a goal. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> I cracked myself up with that. I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> it would it would add uh, some ambiance, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Well, Rachel, did you have anything else certainly... you wanted to tell us no, about? No, I was just trying end? to do a, a brief... Uh, search to see if um they'd actually started allowing fans in oh or not okay Okay. um but a lot of the articles i'm seeing are just that same uh end of june they're gonna Mm -hmm. let fans in Mm -hmm. but i'm not seeing any updates so i don't Mm -hmm. know if Mm -hmm. uh they started i'll try to watch some more games i really did enjoy it yeah you'll have to keep us posted yeah well speaking of current events in America and in uh, <laughs> sports, um, all of our all of our sports are working on coming back. But the only one that has actually successfully come back so far, and I think I think they're far enough into it, we can say successfully at this point. Like, you know, regardless of where it goes from here, they have come back. They have played a bunch of games. Like that counts. Um, is women's soccer? So, Mandy, tell us what they're doing and how your favorite team is doing. All right. Well. 
since this is current events, there are two more days of games left in the qualifying rounds. Tomorrow there will okay. be two games, and then Monday there will be two games, and that ends the qualifying round, which everybody qualified because Orlando tested positive for COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, okay, so there won't be any difference between the, the two rounds? Was, what matters about it from the end of the two rounds is what side of the bracket it puts people on. So uh, that is okay. where the ranking will come into play, mm -hmm. and nobody wants to be on North Carolina's side of the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very, very bad place to be. Uh -huh. Someone, I hope someone beats them. I really want it to happen. But uh -huh. I, I think the best anyone has done in two, three years is a tie. Wow. Rain nearly had them. Uh, at one of the games I was at in the North Carolina scored a goal in the last minute to tie it. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure no one has beat them. It's just been ties. Um, so, so if someone was going to beat them, who would it be? Like, I honestly think the team with the best chance is the Houston Dash right now. Oh, okay. Um, right. Several reasons. One of them is Shea Groom. Mm. who was traded from the Seattle Reign mm -hmm. um, at the end of this season. She has just been an absolute firework for mm -hmm. Houston, both mm -hmm. with assists and goals. She scored. Go back and watch the highlights. Who did they play? Uh, oh, it was the Reign. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, that was the game. Um, she had a header goal. That was just unbelievable. It was so good. Like, nobody could even be sad about it. And <laughs> like, well, I got it. That was such a good goal. I don't even care that she scored against our team. Uh -huh. um, it was incredible. Rachel Daly is, she's from the England national team. Mm. And she's another forward for Houston. And she had, in their game against Utah, she was the one. She nearly had a hat trick, but she had wow. that goal that um, she scored off of. The goalkeeper was trying to kick it and clear it, and she rushed in there, and so the mm. goal did not count. But she would have mm -hmm. had a hat trick, so that's three goals mm -hmm. in a single game. Mm -hmm. They ended up tying Utah 4-4, I want to say. But Houston's been crazy good. Um, Washington Spirit are the other ones they, of course, did not beat North Carolina, but they were able to hang with them. And considering how deconditioned every team except for North Carolina is, <laughs> uh -huh. hanging with them at that stage, they may be able to ramp it up. By now the, that it's been a little while the and they've played some yeah. games. Because okay. everybody's still figuring out their teams. Right. The most sure. course, yeah. important to me on Monday morning – the mm -hmm. early morning game is OL Reign against Portland Thorns. This is mm -hmm. the biggest rivalry in the league. Mm -hmm. We hate them. No, oh, <laughs> all right. We, we, it's it, every time. I mean, the games just get violent because oh, it's a rivalry oh. game. Uh huh. Like it gets chippy, uh -huh. which. If any of you follow Glennon Doyle on social media, she's Abby Wambach's wife. Oh, okay. 
And she has talked about how Abby has explained that getting chippy is what happens when people just start, like, pushing and shoving each other and going <laughs> ankles and all the dirty fouls come out mm-hmm. when Seattle mm-hmm. plays Portland. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who wins. It's going to mm-hmm. be an interesting game. So what you're saying is this is one we should watch. <laughs> it is one you should watch. You okay. definitely should not miss it. All right. Duly noted. I will. Okay. Uh, it's going to be crazy. So can you give us, other than that, give us a quick rundown of other rivalries in the NWSL? Um, well, Portland and North Carolina is starting to ramp up just because... I was noticing that. Yeah, North Carolina has beaten Portland in the finals so many times ah, that okay. Portland is, like, starting to mm-hmm. get really grumpy about it. <laughs> um, Valid. Grumpy. Yeah, understandable. The I don't know that there are too many other rivalries that really match either of those two. I think Orlando... I can't remember. And themselves? They had a, a rivalry with, but yeah, basically themselves. <laughs> Fate. They keep taking themselves out of it. So um, I think Sky Blue will be interesting to watch, even though their first game was a sleeper. It was one of the mm. most boring games of soccer I've ever seen. Their last oh. game, they managed to beat Houston two to nothing. Oh, dang. Okay. And they had one of their uh, international players who used to play for the Reign, Naho Kawasumi. Mm. That woman. So what happened, goalkeeper went to clear the ball. She kicked it, clear out to the middle of the field, and it landed right at Naho Kawasumi's feet. Mm-hmm. Naho did a long ball and shot right into the goal. Wow. So there are not a lot of players that can do that, but Naho can and does do that. In fact, she did it in the 2011 World Cup to be nice. the U.S. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was right after the tsunami in Japan. So even oh, though we lost wow. that World Cup, we were like, well, you that's just right. have a okay. lot of people right. so yeah. We will feel less bad about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think really it could be still anybody's game. Um, of course, bottom of the table, you have Portland and Chicago Red Stars, who have some big-name players. Portland's big-name players mostly didn't come. They opted out. Oh, but that's a problem. Um, Chicago has said that they are going to do whatever it takes to win the next game. They are not messing around with their substitutes like they have been. So we'll see if their play can match their talk. I don't know that it can, personally. So, they, uh, they've been struggling last year because they relied too much on an Australian named Sam Kerr, mm-hmm. who is arguably one of the best forwards in the world. They never quite got the team ke- chemistry with her there. And she Another left Nancy in... Cousins. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she left They're everywhere. to play in we are. England for Chelsea's women's team. Mm-hmm. And so you'll hear the commentators constantly be like, oh, Sky Blue... Or Chicago doesn't have Sam Curry anymore, but they have plenty of other talented forwards, so they could pull it off if they can learn to play together, which, I mean, their chemistry has just not been on. So, yes. Well, when it I will... see Sam Kerr at the family barbecue, <laughs> I will ask. Let her know. Good. Uh-huh. Get her autograph, maybe some Tim Tams. Okay, yeah, go very with good. It. 
I will commiserate with her about how uh, nobody in England can pronounce our name correctly. So yes, and then next... no, Uncle Steve doesn't call you back. I know he doesn't. <laughs> it's true. Elimination <laughs> round of the NWSL starts next weekend. Okay. 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 So how is the bubble going? Like, I mean, they because they they brought the teams there. They've been there a little while. How's that all holding up? I think it's going very, very well, actually. From what I've heard, everybody's staying in the bubble, except for the player that had to be taken to the hospital. Mm -hmm. She was only seen by medical staff and then was taken straight back, kept separate from everyone else until Mm -hmm. they could uh, test her and slowly integrate her back in according to their protocols. They have a coffee truck that they have brought in. (laughs) Where did they find a coffee truck in Utah? Uh, that's oh, good point. Decaf. Good no, question. No, it wouldn't <laughs> matter. You're not allowed to drink it. I thought it was just caffeine. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. It's, it's oh, okay. coffee. And decaf has like tiny bits of caffeine yeah. in it, I think. Yeah. You you will not see people drink more Mountain Dews and energy drinks than Utah people. So it is it's not true. Caffeine. Yep. <laughs> Yep. It's specifically the coffee, but um, okay. coffee culture is huge in the NWSL. Really? Those women love their coffee. It's like, huh. so they brought in the coffee cu- truck as a morale booster. They drove it all the <laughs> way from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> That's right. And someone has created some fan Twitter accounts that are hilarious. Oh, I've seen and a one of, of them, these. One of them's for the coffee truck. One of nice. them's for NWSL cup glare because there's glare on the screen until the sunset <laughs> yeah one for the sunset there's one for the farmer's field behind the stadium mm-hmm. Isn't uh, there... yeah. the ambulance there's uh-huh. a school bus uh-huh. Blacko's diary he's the national yeah. team coach so they're they're pretty funny there's one for the mountain mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they're a laugh they, they, the, <laughs> the coffee truck uh yeah they, and their supporter groups have been, some of the supporters groups have been sending money so that the players can have a free coffee day where they don't Aww. have to pay for their coffee. <laughs> That's so That's sweet. Cute. That is. And the, the Rain supporters group is doing that for the Portland rivalry game. Aww. <laughs> they have a fancy sign that says Be Portland. And, uh, <laughs> nice. Very good. Very good. Well, okay. So I did have one question because I've been watching some of these games as well, and I've really enjoyed it. But one thing that I kept hearing come up, and I wanted to ask you about this, is everybody seems to be bitching about the Utah field being AstroTurf. Why do we care? What? So that is a big issue in soccer, not just because you get turf burns, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have seen Lindsay Horan's shins. No, but I can imagine they all the skin was gone it was because astroturf is plastic like you're not sliding on grass you're sliding on plastic it heats up more so that's Uh, another thing but the biggest issue is for soccer players it drastically increases your chances of of having mcl and acl tears really why um i think the way that it perhaps grabs your cleats or Mm. I, I don't know, it's different than grass. And so mm-hmm. the way that you can't twist and move like you need to in soccer quite as well mm-hmm. on the turf. And women are already at a higher rate and risk of injury just because the way our bodies are designed. 
puts mm-hmm. a little bit more stress mm-hmm. on that knee region. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I am guessing that Megan Rapino has mm. opted out of playing is mm-hmm. because it was on turf in addition to the COVID risks. Interesting. So, okay. And if you watch the games and you have been watching, uh, you would notice almost every single game, if not every single game, I have seen people going off with ACLs or MCLs. I have noticed that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're incredibly deconditioned right now. So it's an right. extra huge problem. So that's the thing that's going to come up for literally all of our sports is that, you know, at, at this point, all of these athletes have been, you know, presumably working out at home for months, but that is not the same thing as first of all, working out with your team trainers, and second of all, actually doing the thing that you do, right? Like actually playing the game that you play. And so I'm going to be really interested to see when all of our sports come back, like what kind of impact that has. Yeah. So can I can I use this as a segue to hockey? Please do. Absolutely. <laughs> By all so, means. So, um... So one of the things that hockey is doing right now, their official training camps start on Monday, but um, teams have been allowed to, or players have been allowed to start practicing without coaches, but with some teammates, mm-hmm. um, no more than six teammates on the ice or in the gym at a time, something like that. Um, and what's interesting to me is that the groups that we've seen practice are not necessarily the groups that play together on the ice. And so I've had that exact same thought, Nancy, that, that the way that we're getting into the, this quote unquote new season, post season, whatever, stupid season, um, (laughs) it may legitimately have an effect on the game itself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I, so I think that's going to be fascinating to see. Well, and the interesting part too is that like especially regarding injuries not only are those going to affect this stupid season but they're often going to affect the next season and also affect players careers and affect trading during free agency and all of the, yep. you know like it's a snowball effect it's not yep. just like well mm-hmm. shit i guess we're going to lose this season you mm-hmm. know so and the, the national team women's players have the olympics next year mm-hmm. if they get injured they're mm-hmm. out for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the men's team, speaking of it um, affecting the game, the MLS has kicked off. And I watched the Sounders game last night. And the play was a lot slow. Like, you could tell it's had an impact. They, mm-hmm. they were doing a lot more long passes. There was a lot less running. Mm-hmm. And as a personal trainer, I know, like, part of my job because I'm a performance enhancement specialist, so I train athletes. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with that is periodization for preseason and off-season and exactly what you want to be having people do. And it takes mm-hmm. months right. to build up to that. And having that cut short, there's no way you can avoid the injuries. Yeah, right. and they're, yeah. they're having it cut short now for the stupid season. And right. they're going to have it cut short when they st- – end this stupid postseason and start the next season two months later. <laughs> yep. Yep. So stupid. Yeah. Yep. So Rebecca, yeah. tell us how the <laughs> NHL in its infinite wisdom is handling coming back. 
Well, first, let's be clear and and (laughs) never use the phrase infinite wisdom with NHL in the same sentence. I just want to... Even sarcastically? I wouldn't even... No. I don't even want to... It's a bridge too far. Yeah. yeah. I'll make a note of it. It's all the head injuries. (laughs) For real. You're Um, not wrong. So, so they're in whatever phase, phase two, which allows players to start practicing together. Mm-hmm. Um, training camps officially open on Monday. Mm-hmm. They have training camps for just about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, the two um, conferences, East and West, are going to travel to hub cities. So there are going to be two bubbles in hockey. One is in Edmonton, one is in Toronto. And so the Canada. (laughs) Yeah. And so the, the Eastern conference teams are going to play the first two rounds in Toronto and the Western conference teams are going to play the first two rounds in Edmonton. And I mean, fine. It's, it's probably a good idea to have them traveling as little as possible. And I read Mm -hmm. their, you know, some of their, their plans for this phase um, and for their bubble. And I actually think they're doing a better job than I expected them to do about mm-hmm. keeping people in the bubble. Um, I mean, it's going to be particularly challenging for Toronto because so fucking many hockey players are from the Toronto area. Mm-hmm. But there's there are rules about when they can leave the bubble, how long they can leave the bubble, when they have to get mm-hmm. tested, oh, when they come yeah. back to the bubble, all that kind of stuff. Um but the other thing that's really entertaining about this this two hub cities thing is that there are only two hotels in each of those cities who are going to house the players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I follow the Metropolitan, which is the the um, division that the Capitals and the Flyers play in, and I follow the Central, which is in the West, and that's the division that the Avalanche and the Stars play for, mm-hmm. and so. The Capitals, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the Bruins, who none of whom get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Caps, Flyers, and Pen, or excuse me, Caps, Pens, and Flyers, Pens are two of the biggest rivalries on the East Coast. Uh-huh. They're all staying at the same hotel. Nice. And then, yeah. I love and it. then in so the West. So are we talking like brawls by the ice machine? Is that where you think this is going? I mean, it's I, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount it. <laughs> Um, and then in the West, the Blues, the Avalanche, and or excuse me, the Blues, the Stars, and the Predators are all in the same hotel. The Avs are also there, but I don't really see them causing that much trouble. But like, the Stars and the Predators have an insane rivalry, and the Stars and the Blues have an insane rivalry. One of my favorite moments in hockey was a game not not this season, but the but previous. Um, Jamie Ben, who plays for the Stars. Mm-hmm. checked um, Alex Petrangelo, who was the captain of the Blues, and then just sat on him on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally just, like, Petrangelo is down, and Jamie just sits on him. And you can see Petrangelo start to put his head up, and Jamie puts his hand on his head, and it's just like, no. no, no. <laughs> One of my favorite moments. So, like, the oh, fact that beautiful. these... And, and I'm, I'm confident that I'm missing rivalries in the Atlantic mm-hmm. and the Pacific. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're all staying in the same hotels... I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting from a purely hockey fan perspective and Mm -hmm. like seeing these rivalries play out if in fact anything happens. And then I'm going to say it's, it's going to be a little bit fun from a 
hockey fandom perspective for the teams that get along and the players that we like to be staying in the same place. I won't <laughs> expand more on that here, but I just, <laughs> no, I I just we, there's so many possibilities. We're we picking up what you put down. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I thought so. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so they travel to the hub cities um, two weeks after training camp starts, and then there are three days of exhibition games, which essentially are going to be like televised scrimmages from what I can tell. Like exhibition for who? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's, I I think it's exactly what you said. It's trying to get them into shape for the Mm -hmm. season. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're going to have two whole weeks of practice as a team Mm -hmm. before they go right into the playoffs. That Um, seems safe. (laughs) Right. Doesn't it? And then they're going to be, 10 days of um, qualifiers. So there are 24 teams out of the 31 who are, who are going to the, the qualifiers. Mm -hmm. So there have already been teams eliminated. Mm -hmm. So the top four teams in the East and the West um, are doing a round robin just for seeding purposes. They they're, they're, they don't have to do like a play in game or anything like that. Okay. Um, the next eight on the East and West are all playing a best of five series to wow. determine the rest of the seeding and who makes it into the playoffs. Okay. Now I know and, that these two cities are they how many facilities within each city? Well, it's Canada, so lots. Well, they're going to be playing, as far as I know, they're playing games in one city, in one arena. So they'll play oh. games in the Edmonton, uh, can't, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name anymore. Um, Oilers? Well, yeah, 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 but they're, the name of their stadium. Oh, the, name the stadium, of their arena. okay. Yeah. Um, so they'll play games in the in the Oilers arena and games in the Leafs arena. And so right now, in 10 days, there's a potential of 52 hockey games in 10 days. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be that's, two to three games per day. That's insane. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. It's going to be two to three <laughs> games per day per, per conference. Per, per oh. conference. Yeah. That's insane. No, that's – everyone's going to get injured. That's not Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to get and they're going to get sick. Yeah. Uh, so every- I would also like to pour one out for the journalists who have to cover that many games okay. in a day. Okay, but here's like, the funny thing. Shit. No, but here's the funny thing about the journalists. Okay. Um, because because we're talking about crossing a border here, right. the American journalists are not deemed essential employees. So uh, right now, the athletes can travel to Canada for the games, but they're still working out like visa issues and travel issues between the Canadian government and the provinces that they're playing in and the American government and the NHL to actually get the American media up there. Wow. <laughs> that makes me feel worse for the Canadian media because they're going to be doing like double duty. No, oh, that would be great for the Canadian media. Well, the exposure would, but yes. like they're gonna yeah. be hysterical by the yeah. end of it, though. Yeah, they're gonna be exhausted. What? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Be, like, slap happy. Listen, I I already know I'm gonna have at least two <laughs> games a day <laughs> to start watching because the the Flyers, the Caps, the Abs, and the Stars are all in the top four in their 
in their conference, so they all uh-huh. do the round robin games. So uh-huh. I have. So, we so should I remind, have to watch all of those games, basically. Remind Mandy and also our listeners that Rebecca, bless her, <gasps> follows four teams because she's stupid. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to go quite there, but <laughs> that's fair. I'll take it there. I was going to be ambitious and optimistic, but sure. Running a uh, impromptu experiment to determine the answer to the question, is there such a thing as too much hockey? <laughs> so You'll know by the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we will. Rebecca, I need you to, on our Twitter account, be posting things like, day three, I see the bottom <laughs> of my popcorn bowl. <laughs> okay, I can do that. I can do that. I actually, Please. I have scheduled a day off for the first Monday of the tournament <laughs> because two of my teams play. That's legit. If I were your boss, I would approve this. I mean, but you know, the other thing, I, I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I feel comfortable saying it. I'm definitely <laughs> still going to be working from home for, at that point. So that's what two monitors are for, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Strategic. Yeah. Strategic. Um, so there were only a couple other things that I wanted to mention about hockey. Um, so right now the, the, this return to play format was approved by the NHL and the NHL players association. Mm -hmm. Um, part of that, um, negotiation and agreement actually included a four year extension on the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA. Mm. And actually mm-hmm. I think we were going to talk about CBAs at some point. So I'll we put were, that on the list. Yeah. Um, and the, the big win for the players in the extension of the CBA is that it allows for the possibility of them going to the Olympics, which mm-hmm. is something that the NHL, the commissioner, Gary Bettman, who is just a giant turd of a human, um, has historically been very against because he doesn't like really? how it disrupts his season. Oh man, fuck you, dude. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, so additionally, the players have 72 hours from when that return to play agreement was signed to, um, notify their teams that they do not want to play, that they're not going to Mm, play. They're mm -hmm. opting out. Um, Mm -hmm. And as of this moment, I believe there are six players who have opted out. I mean, we're, we're right at the beginning of that period. So it it will be more. more. Yeah. Okay. Um, No names. No, no big names yet. Okay. Um, uh -uh. I'm going to throw a um, kind of, We'll call it a boomerang your way and see if it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you follow the NWHL at all? I don't. I need to, but I don't. Because I am not sure where they are at with things. They just retweeted something about signing some junior players to something somewhere. But I know the last I heard, their players union was still kind of fighting with the league. And I don't know if they ever actually resolve that. Mm. I don't think they're probably going to have the season. But I don't think that they have resolved that because I think I, I think that piece of news would have hit my radar, my hockey radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember as you're saying, Mandy. I remember seeing tweets mm-hmm. about them signing new team members recently. 
Um, yeah. But I hadn't seen any information because we do follow them on the on the Falpuck Twitter. Um, it's just none of us actually like keep up specifically with them. But yeah, I don't think I've seen anything about them mm-hmm. having a season, which is a real bummer. It is. I usually watch their season, which I think last year was on YouTube. Oh, nice. So. Okay. Oh. Oh, I want to circle back. Available. I want to circle back to soccer for just a second because talking about TV made me remember that one of the big, big deals about this uh, National Women's Soccer League season is that for the first time ever, they were broadcast on like mainstream TV channels. So CBS. Yes. And they got the numbers back for the opening game, and it was, like, tremendous, right? It was, like, half a million yes. people. No, it was, like, how many? It was, like, half a million people. It was half a million. It broke some records, and I know it was more than the men have ever had for nice. Yeah, the nice. soccer game. It, Wait. It was, are like, you, a, a lot. <laughs> are you suggesting that there's actually a market for women? <laughs> I am. And it really, so, like... The uh, the history of where NWSL games has been played. It started on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Then they got a deal with Lifetime, which great. They uh... they had a network, and you would think that was great, but it was the NWSL game of the week. There was one game a week mm. on out of all the games that was on mm. Lifetime, and they would play it after their like Saturday horrific traumatizing to me lifetime movies that are always super disturbing so you Mm -hmm. catch the most disturbing end of whatever show before Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the kickoff game so i honestly it was great that they had a sponsor but that was horrible and then (laughs) they got a few games on espn after the world cup last year and that Mm -hmm. went really well and then this off season, they signed the deal with CBS and Twitch, so international mm-hmm. op- audiences can watch the games on Twitch. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! And then we've got CBS All Access, but they only have the beginning, opening game, and the final on actual CBS, and right. everything else you have to have the paid subscription to the platform. Right. So, right. Yeah. Which, which is you know still problematic but just I I mean I and maybe this is you know overly excitable of me but I was just so happy that they got that first and the last game on actual CBS yeah it's so much better than really anything we've had yeah yeah it seemed like such a big step and they they can choose to have the games at times that are healthy for the players to play yep as opposed to lifetime that made them play like oh, it wasn't pre-recorded for no. Lifetime? It was oh, live, geez. and they made them play at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Which when is hot. hot. When it's hot, and like in Florida. Mm-hmm. Or, like they yeah, went to the MLS great. stadium teams. So you had Houston, you had Florida. Mm. Portland was the only one that they could generally get a reasonable, nice, mm-hmm. but like they were just trying players. That's so, terrible. Yeah. So this well, is better, and we do celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to take uh, that opportunity to segue myself, speaking of the difference between <laughs> men's and women's teams, straight into talking to uh, talking about the NBA and the WNBA, if uh, nobody has any objections. <laughs> Go for Go it. Go for it. All right. 
So the NBA is uh, attempting to come back. Um, they are already having players arrive in Disney World, yes, which is the one in Florida, um, which also coincidentally opened Open today. today. Yeah. That's also great. Did you yeah. see that the park is open, but the corporate headquarters are not? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's uh, that's pretty telling, huh? See? Yep. And, and Florida had their seventh day in a row of like a 9,000 person COVID new cases mm-hmm. increase. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Cool, but we cool, care about cool. money and not people. Sorry, yes. go ahead, Nancy. We we have previously established this, but yes. Mm-hmm. So the players are arriving, and uh, one of the cool things that's already happening is that a lot of the stars are apparently not traveling with their team. They are choosing to come later, which definitely reinforces the you know safety length of the quarantine that they're gonna you know have uh, before this happens. So this is the uh, origin of our term mesh hat. I'm not entirely sure who coined this, but somebody said that rather than a bubble, what the NBA is creating is more like a mesh hat, which (laughs) is confidence inspiring. I don't know about you guys, but uh, yeah. Quite the image there. Yep. Yep. Uh, And one of the things that, so to the NBA's credit, they are trying mostly pretty hard to like make this reasonably safe. Um, But there are a few major holes, one of them being the fact that the Disney employees are going to be interacting, you know, with the teams. There have also been some other hiccups. Uh, Apparently the food is, uh, I saw some pictures of it. It's not like gross but it's like what you would get on an airplane you know it's like a little cup of like some tomatoes and lettuce and like a yogurt and like you know yeah, a they don't, of a chicken breast and they don't get their normal like catered fancy shit they don't get their normal catered fancy shit and the other thing is i was looking at like the size of the meals and i was like if i were you know a 200 pound athlete this would be like a snack you know yeah Ooh. so i feel like there's concern not only about like level of quality but also just like sheer amount yeah (laughs) yeah is that do you know if they're going with a third party if they're going through disney i think it's all through disney yeah um i don't know that sounds like something disney would negotiate yeah yeah well, um, but they got part of recovery if they don't get the right food and the yeah. right amount of it, their bodies aren't going to heal and they're going to have more injuries. Yeah, yep. and yep. and it's going to take them longer to recover when they get COVID. Yep, also yep. true. So you know everything's ticking right along. <laughs> uh, Twenty-two teams. They're going to have eight season games to finish out the season. Uh, then they're going to that'll get them uh, down to sixteen teams at the end of that. And the 16 teams are then going to be playing the regular uh, best of seven, four rounds of best of seven playoff uh, format. And I believe that's meant to take them into October, which I was like, cool, this is this is uh, definitely going to work until then. Um, I'm sorry, we're playing ice hockey in August. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yep. 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 This is all perfect. I will. I do want to shout out uh, Ethan Strauss, who works for The Athletic, because he had a great um, article on nine problems that uh, are facing the NBA bubble. And I want to highlight a couple of them. I don't want to go through all of them. Uh, But he had them kind of broken down into, like, you know, sections, right? So the first is obviously 
the players have an outbreak of COVID, right? Somebody gets it, they spread it to a team. One thing that's real unclear right now is how many players or how many teams have to get it before they'll shut down. Nobody wants to comment on that. Um, Nobody wants to put a number on it for liability. Do the teams have any power over being able to say, nah, that's too much, we can't? Or is so it, are they I under some kind of contract? Teams, no, I think that the teams can pull out, um, but I have a hard time imagining that they would want to. Okay. Would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so players get it. The next one, of course, is Disney workers have a major outbreak. Yeah, but nobody right? cares about them. Well, but they do if they start infecting the players, right? Yeah. If, if B begins to affect A, then, then maybe we care. Um, and then C is, uh, some sort you know if things get real real bad in orlando to the point that like all the hospitals are full and everything because then if somebody tears their acl where are you gonna take them right like but aren't so, things bad already in orlando not yes. as bad as elsewhere in florida yeah i, I mean think, it, it's so. true it's not quite as bad as uh, miami-dade area right but right well but, and adding but, adding to that hospital situation you also have the mls bubble is in orlando Oh, is it? <laughs> so you you got the soccer team at, uh, ACL tears nice. to worry about on top of it. Fantastic. Well, and we'll just put all our athletes They would be in going to place. probably going to different facilities because they, yeah. they are Kissimmee and the the um, soccer stadium in Orlando are pretty far apart. Um, uh-huh. But I then again, like the probably the specialists are going to be in well, closer and to downtown Orlando. Not so playing in the usual downtown stadium they're playing oh, okay. out in their training mm. um setup area uh that might got be multiple Disney, fields. yeah it's got mul- they've got like what did i hear Is it like 12 or 20 something they got like a ton of fields and they're they're grass they're not turf so there's a positive thing but well and and saying that orlando isn't as bad as the rest of florida isn't actually that much of a <laughs> ringing endorsement no. No, definitely not. No, absolutely not. Um, so players are, uh, they're nervous. They're conflicted. There are several who have decided they're not going to go. I also would be interested to see if some of them, you know, especially like you get there, you're on one of the teams you're that's, you know, trying to make it into the playoffs, but your team starts to tank. It hits that point where it's mathematically impossible that your team is going to make it into the playoffs. What's to stop you from just going home, right? Well, I wonder this too, because the the NHL thing says that the players have 72 hours to recuse mm-hmm. themselves. I'm sorry, what's actually going to stop them later on from being like, you know what, peace out, I'm done? Rachel has an answer, it looks like. Well, I've got an answer to an earlier asked question. Uh, Major League Soccer announced it will restart the 2020 season with all 26 MLS clubs competing in the MLS's back tournament at... ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida beginning July yeah. 8th. That's yes. where it's at. Yes. Yep. Cool. And they've already had, I think, two or three teams drop out with COVID positive tests before it so, started. Moving to the WNBA, one of my yes. favorite uh, terrible, cruel irony facts is that the WNBA team with the most positive tests so far is the Indiana Fever. which is just i was like of course it is obviously it is so the wnba uh the source of our other uh term of the day the wobble aka the women's bubble 
is also the wobble. I'm kind. I kind of love it. Actually, it's terrible, <laughs> but I kind of love it. Um, they are also in Florida, but they are at IMG Academy, and we are already very well illustrating the differences between how we treat men versus how we treat women in pro sports, because the men all got to take their team's private jets and the women flew coach. So like, that's a great start. Uh, I guess there was at least one or two teams that uh, somebody stepped up and like rented them a private jet to take some of the players at least, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Go Seattle storm. Uh, but yeah, most everybody else, the, somebody took, I think it was Atlanta took a, a bus. So like, okay, that makes sense. Like you can drive over from, from Atlanta. Um, but you know, Chicago just went and got on the plane. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, uh, you know, there's a big difference between a quote unquote academy, which as far as I can tell is like kind of a glorified summer camp. Uh, versus, you know, the five-star hotel in Disney World. So there was a whole spate at the beginning of the WNBA uh, arriving there of, like, pictures of uh, what the facilities looked like and how clean they were and how great the food was. And The laundry room looked horrific. It looked like a crime scene. It was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, on the upside, they are Come great on, to Braden, follow on This is your like one media. chance to not suck. <laughs> they're trying. <laughs> it seems like they're trying. The success is that, up in the air still. Um, the fact that it's that bad and they seem like they're trying is awful. Yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so the women are also doing a July training camp. Uh, they have a 22-game season, and then uh, it's starting the 24th, and then they're going to do traditional playoffs, also ending in October. Um, so far, the NBA, ha- the WNBA has been on an upswing the past couple of years. Their viewership's increasing. Their attendance is increasing. They're doing pretty well. So the question that this brought up for me, and I'm curious in you guys' takes on this, is that, you know, normally the NBA plays like October through technically to the beginning of May and then there's playoffs May through June, the WNBA in order not to directly compete uh, plays May through like September. Um, And I, now they're up against directly up against the NBA. They're directly up against hockey. They're directly up against whatever the hell baseball's trying to do. (laughs) They are to that. Yeah. Um, But on the other hand, there are there's this whole audience that's like dying for sports, right? And also, they're not directly up against the sort of summer boredom and or the Olympics. So I I was trying to think about like, is this better or worse for them? Are they gonna like benefit from people who are like just put sports in my face? I don't care. I'll watch whatever's on. Or are they gonna be you know all the people who are watching basketball are watching the the NBA? and not prioritizing the WNBA games. Like, what do you guys think? I'm really curious about how this plays out. My guess would be the latter, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people's attention is going to be so split, and they're going to get such a glut of it at once mm-hmm. that I think the WNBA is going to suffer. Well, I think you can see from the example of the NWSL, and as soon as MLS kicked off this weekend, I mean, people only had either Premier League games and European games to watch. 
the only thing in America was the NWSL, and then MLS picks up, and they're already, like, I watched the game, and the commentators are like, we're the first ones back, so they don't even acknowledge that the women have, have already come back. Yeah. And the the competition between Woso, as it's called, and Broso mm. is just, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Night and day, like, there's no... The, the men's soccer supporters will not give any... So that's an interesting difference, though, in the American... The NBA... They support. Right. The NBA is actually very supportive of the WNBA in terms of the players and the coaches. Um, so... Uh, and I think the fans are, at least in theory, like, I think for the NBA fans, it's either they, they support the WNBA or they don't care about the W, you know, like they don't know it exists. There's not a, any sort of rivalry in this. It, it doesn't feel like there's any bad blood in the way that there is sometimes between women's and men's soccer, I think. So um, I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of guessing that it's going to end up being a net of no change because mm-hmm. you're going to get the people who have missed sports so much that they will watch anything. Mm-hmm. And then and then you're going to get the people who are just focusing on the mm-hmm. men's. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect it's going to be, it's just going to even out in the end. Hmm. Interesting. I do. And wonder- I think that the WNBA fans are loyal enough that they're going to support no matter what. That I yeah. think is true. I agree with that for sure. I just had kind of been hoping like, you know, I know, you know, women's soccer, I think did pick up some initial viewers just because, they finally got onto mainstream TV and they were the only thing and they were literally the only game in town. You know? <laughs> so I had been kind of hoping for that for the WNBA too. And now it seems like the timing is not going to work out. So, but that said, uh, the, I gotta say there, the social media of many of the players is terrific. And I do recommend following them. They are all over, uh, I guess, TikTok, which I am not on because I'm old and also like, Snapchat and Instagram and all of that stuff. Um, and they are funny. Um, so, uh, and there's a lot that we should talk about next time in terms of what the women's, what the women's teams are doing for social justice. And I don't want to skip over that without acknowledging it, um, because they are doing a shit ton and I think it's amazing. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so amazing. And we talked about this earlier, um, amongst ourselves that we need to devote a whole episode to, what women's teams are doing for social justice and the questions of social justice in sports right now. Um, but I want to acknowledge that the WNBA is all over that shit. So yes. And they, and they have been, and they have been, yes. this not is not new, new for them. For them. Yeah. yeah. It's not new for them. Like it is for some other sports. Oh, hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you have something in your throat? When, when you more. do get to that, definitely don't, skip that on the nwsl because that's been a mass it's been a huge thing yep no it is on the list because yeah that was a big big deal as well so next episode rachel (laughs) so give us the prognosis uh i can burn through this one pretty quickly because we're in the uh calm before the shit storm here um (laughs) everybody get your slicker so if the nba is a mesh hat Uh uh-huh mlb is asking everyone to imagine a hat. (laughs) No such Uh hat exists. But if we all pretend there's a hat, then there's a hat, right? Picture it real hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh 
we all agree there's a hat. So yeah, uh, summer training. New clothes. It yeah, it kind of is. Like imagine we're all safe from COVID. Okay, all right, let's go. Um, so summer training, the way the which is called is proceeding. 2020 uh-huh. summer camp presented by Camping World. It is America's begun. pastime, after all. Yes. Uh, it uh, started the uh, week after the July 4th weekend, so just this past week, um, though it feels like months ago already. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard that some of the early training sessions had to be canceled because of all the bungled testing. Some tests didn't show up. Some tests uh-huh. didn't get to the lab. Some tests got to uh-huh. the lab but weren't processed. Mm-hmm. So they're still figuring all that out. And they're blaming it on the holiday weekend, which... Totally. It comes around every year, like what? Do not really have foreseen <laughs> mm, anyway. Um, so some pretty notable players have already tested positive. Um, Atlanta's Freddie Friedman, Chicago, uh, Colorado's Charlie Blackman, a handful of others. More are coming in every day. Um, and some major players have started to opt out. Um, probably most notably Buster Posey, who plays for the mm-hmm. San Francisco Giants. Had to bring in the Giants <laughs> one more time. That's called a callback. Um, because he and his wife just adopted uh, twin babies. So they don't Aww. feel safe putting the babies at risk, which I don't blame them. And some others have cited their kids. And um, one, Nick Marcakis, who I believe is uh, with Atlanta as well, um, said talking about it that um he has three kids and he already feels like he's missed much of their childhoods and he doesn't want to um give any more of that away yeah which Mm -hmm. really oof um and then sean doolittle who's a relief pitcher for the nationals and he's a good follow on twitter too he's amazing yeah Mm -hmm. he's he's really articulate and you know just thinks about things in depth um and a quote from him that I, I really liked was, um, as far as I know, he's still going to play, but he's remained skeptical about it. He said, sports are like the reward of a functioning society, and we're trying to just bring it back, even though we've taken none of the steps to flatten the curve, which like that, mm-hmm. yep. that sums it up pretty well. So yep. I think uh, more and more tests are going to start to come back positive. I don't even know that we're going to get out of this summer camp thing because, mm. you know, at least hockey and basketball, they've managed to geographically isolate. Uh, MLB is still talking about playing games in all 30 stadiums. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, reducing travel to within the divisions. But even then, I mean, the the West, the uh, Central Division, you got teams in Colorado, you got teams yeah. in Texas, you got teams in – Michigan, it's it's a nightmare. What could possibly go wrong? What well, could go right do that when it's not legal for them to play a game in like Washington State, for example, or California, for that matter? Or California. I I don't know loopholes. What's going to happen? Capitalistic loopholes. It's. I don't know, man. Gavin Newsom might shut that shit down. I don't know that he would stand yeah. for that. NC's and I mean, not there are teams in California. Yeah. So it could be that the whole Western division drops out. Yeah, um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. But the, like, but I'm sorry. At that point, why are we having a season? It's this season for. Yeah. I know. I know. God damn it, Nancy. <laughs> 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 but like, there's going to be an asterisk by this season in every single sport. Yeah. Yep. It's, and it is going to have to crash and burn for them to understand oh, God. how pointless this all is. It is. Mm-hmm. Deep breath, everybody. Yeah. Screaming in our hearts. Screaming in our hearts. <laughs> so that's what I've got. 
Terrific. We'll see what develops. Thanks for thanks for taking us out on a high note, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> it was positive, if you will. <laughs> Just like the tests. It uh-huh. is positive. Uh-huh. COVID positive. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I always, so I can't do this because I'm sure, well, I don't know if it's trademarked, but it's a thing. I always want to say, and now you've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to, but we're not actually car talks, so I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, it's been an hour and a half. (laughs) So a perfectly good hour and then some. Uh, But you know what? It's important because we are, uh, we're your sports uh, content while there is no sports and when there continues to be no, no sports. But you know what? Thankfully, somebody talked about starting a podcast that was like male driven for male fans of sports. Did did you see that? What a relief. I know. I'm so happy for all the men (laughs) out there who haven't had a sports podcast to listen to forever. I'm so glad that such an underserved audience is finally getting the attention that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They gotta get that four percent that women have down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, bless. Well, yeah. for this cheerful episode, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Uh, I would like to turn it over to Rebecca to say the things that she always says so well. <laughs> so, uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, anything you want to share with us, you can reach us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail. Instagram at Foul Puck Podcast, Twitter at Foul Puck Pod, Facebook.com slash Foul Puck Pod, and our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. And Rachel. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and thank Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to thank our uh, soccer guest today, uh, Mandy, who has joined us. And Mandy, give us a plug for your stuff here. What's, what's your... Uh... All right, I've got my Instagram for you. It's at M A R Q U P personal. Personal, as in markup personal training. Uh, I have a Facebook page as well, so look up markup training on Facebook. And uh, I'll send some links over for that. Fantastic. Yep, I already I already got your uh, website and Facebook on our Twitter account. Rebecca nice. is so on it. It is just <laughs> impressive, honestly. Very impressive. I um, really like that that these little things impress you. It it uh, deeply it works for me. Keeping that bar low. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mandy, for joining us. This has been a delight. I hope you have enjoyed it as well. Oh yeah. Oh, very good. And <laughs> we, we, I, I, the royal we, have been and continue to be Nancy. <laughs> and I have been joined by Rachel mm-hmm. and Rebecca. Yay. And Mandy. And Mandy. Excellent. Join us next time. We're going to talk uh, social justice and women's sports and probably whatever the hell is continuing to happen with the wobble, the mesh hat and the imaginary hat. And our two uh, Canadian homes away from home. Uh, the ongoing whatever, trash fire. The ongoing trash fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so tune in again next time. And in the meantime, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and stay home as much as possible. And listen to our podcast. Bye.